Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. I don't, but I made the, I guess, mistake uh, now in hindsight, but at the time it looked smart. I didn't use Zach Moss in a trade package to bring in Kyler Murray, which has helped my team, obviously, with the injuries and the lackluster quarterback play, which we did talk about last week. So I I did, I guess, now looks dumb because Zach Moss will have at least three weeks of usage. Uh, Just when we thought that the the whole drama with Jonathan Taylor was going to come to an end, gets a nice fat contract. Now he's out with a broken thumb and apparently played through the injury during the mm-hmm. game, but now is, you know, out as Jim Irsay said. So um, not, not what we want coming into playoff right. time. So the latest news is he's out at least two to three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, may or may not end up on the IR. Um, my friend texted Ian Rappenport, my, my mm-hmm. connections. And yeah, it looks like he, he may not end up on the IR. So you may have him for your championship week. But yeah, of course, uh, we're going to have to talk today about waiver wire ads. And it's a big week for the waiver wire because we have six teams on by. So this is our second by Mageddon, if you will, of the season. And the pickings are slim, folks, but there are options out there. Obviously, Zach Moss is the priority. He's available in about 50% of leagues. But as you said, Eddie, for a lot of people, he's just warming their bench because he hasn't been a non startable asset even with Taylor back in in bye weeks in deeper leagues Zach Moss probably was not dropped so we're gonna have to dig a bit deeper this week as well but of course if you can get Zach Moss it's the priority it's been I I, it's so funny too because I was thinking it's been such a nice week no major injuries and then it feels like this news comes out like like you said this like after the game it's like Players like T Higgins getting hit, hurt in practice, things like that. That just, yep. it's just, this year has been so frustrating. We are going to be getting Justin Jefferson back after the bye week. So those of you who have waited that up, hopefully it will pay off for you. And Joshua Dobbs won't spend most of his games with negative fantasy points. Oh man. I mean, the amount of interceptions, uh, there are people making the jokes online that you have to trade Dobbs to another team so that he can kind of recapture that magic. I know a lot of people were struggling for fantasy points in that game. Um, I was somebody who was in a, uh, a matchup where I, I, de- I, their other team was finished with their players. I had one guy left. It was Jordan Addison only needed two points, two complete points uh, for a victory. I did get that. I'm in a PPR league, although he had a ton of targets from Dobbs, but just not a lot of uh, conversion there. And I did give out on Trinity the Jordan Addison over. I mean, if he caught most of his targets, I think he would have cleared that over. No problem whatsoever. But that Vikings offense, um, I know Dobbs has been a great story. I'm not trying to take away from him. He's been a great fill in for your fantasy teams. If you had to go that route um, and the offense didn't really lose that much of it, um, you know, from losing the Kirk Cousins and obviously the injury to JJ, you expected a huge drop off and they've been fine. They've been in the, the hunt for the playoffs. They've been moving the ball offensively, but that was probably the worst game um, that we had to watch on primetime all season long. Maybe I'm forgetting a Giants game or something. I know there's been some pretty pretty bad stinkers on TNF, but that that was just a boring, boring game. It was such Um, an easy underpick, though. Like I went and I was like, 
43 and a half. Where are the points going to come from? No, under easy. And, and I think it's like a 10 or 11 and one on the unders for Monday night footballs this season, just for those of you who like to follow yeah. trends. So Monday night football tends to go under. And when you have teams like this, you know, they won't even commit to Joshua Dobbs after the bye week. I think they'll stick with Joshua Dobbs. Sure. They got to at least give him a chance with Justin Jefferson. But right now the Vikings are, are pretty shell shocked. And it feels like the only reliable starter right now for the Vikings is TJ Hawkinson, who mm-hmm. just continues to be the guy, the safety valve. He's been absolutely elite this season. Those of you who have TJ Hawkinson, it was worth a pick. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think this buy is coming at a very good time for them. Obviously, yeah. the biggest news is getting back the best receiver in football. I think it'll make life a little bit easier for, for Addison. But again, he was getting targets. Dobbs trusts him, obviously. So I guess it's a good thing if you have Addison to feel confident in that. I, I Like you said, I, I do assume they're going to stick with Dobbs. It would not make any sense for him to make a midseason trade and move on from a guy. He's going to be the best option for them at quarterback to move the ball. And then, you know, the flip side, the big question mark is, you know, Justin Fields staying healthy, how in the Chicago Bears offense being pretty brutal at times but you know his connection with dj moore is clearly something that like he trusts in him uh cole Komet had a, a nice game and then you know the the bears are like are they going to move on from fields and get another rookie league. but right exactly you have a nice game if you're not a ppr right. we're going to talk about format my fault yeah I, I just assume I, yeah. i'm only in PPR, i know most so people I assume, are yeah but, and it's the same thing too there's been a lot of debates online today i've seen with the zach moss stuff and people are like oh go pick him up and i'm like pick him up. This guy was drafted in a lot of leagues exactly. I've been in. So it's, it's tough to really get that. It's such a lazy. Yeah. But, um, oh, Zach Moss, where, yeah, where, I don't know if you're in a league where it's salt, they probably have it. I'm not trying to poo poo leagues. I know there's some league people in 16 leagues, whatever. I understand that with some novice players, totally understand. If you want to have fun, go do it. I'm not trying to poo poo that, but yeah, Zach Moss, most leagues is gone. But, and uh, my last thing with that game, like I was talking about with, Justin Fields, like coming back from his, his injury. Um, but uh, the guy, like, I mean, hundred yards rushing last week, near 300 yards, total yards, uh, this past week in the win on Monday night football, like the bears are now kind of in a position of, like, do we have to trade, uh, draft a new quarterback? Cause he's kind of doing it and they are bereft of talent. So it is something to think about. Maybe Justin Fields does stay a bear and will be a, a viable fantasy option going forward. I would like to see Justin Fields on a new team just because I think he deserves a fresh start because I still think he's an NFL starter. I mean, we were talking last week about how few quarterbacks there really are that will even be, it doesn't even seem like there's 32 starting quarterbacks and Joshua Dobbs just kind of further proved that point. We said, how many quarterbacks are there like Joshua Dobbs that were the backups that should have always been a starter? We like to think, but you know, there's, it's an elite thing. It's, it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. And Justin Fields, I also think he just needs a better coaching system. I, I think, totally. and, and also this is this is like going back. We need to talk about how Frank Reich was fired. We had we have two firings to talk about. Actually, we need mm-hmm. to talk about Matt Canada and what happened with the Steelers, and we need to talk about Frank Reich and how this might affect your fantasy teams. I feel like Justin Fields, if he had the right coach, just like maybe for Bryce young if he had the right coach and it's so funny because everybody's now talking about frank Reich and saying oh well if frank Reich had been able to draft cj stroud maybe this would all be different i'm not so sure i'm not so sure that cj stroud would be this good if he weren't with D'Amico ryan's mm-hmm. i think D'Amico ryan's is actually as special as cj stroud I, I'm totally with you. I think, uh, unfortunately, in this era, a lot of all the pressure is 
pretty much just on the player, just on the quarterback right. and people and think that you have to be able to cover all flaws of the team you're on. And that's roster based or coach based, not, um, uh, you know, people don't ever give the the credit or I guess lack of credit to where it's like, yeah, the Panthers have old man feeling out there. They have a mess of a running game and really no one else. And every week we're on the show doing waiver wired and we're like, Nico Collins is great. Noah Brown's there, great. Dalton Schultz is great. I'm like, oh, like everyone in the singletary in the backfield, like we're not doing that with the Carolina Panthers. And like, yeah, if you wanted to say Bryce Young's undersized and what he did at Alabama, you're not gonna be able to do in the NFL and CJ Stroud the his final game uh, at Ohio State playing Georgia in the college football playoff, even in that loss, looking very, very good versus a, a, a defense of the entire defense, the rosters in the NFL now. That's fine if you said that, but pinning this entire thing on him and getting this coach fired after 11 games is not Bryce Young's fault. The roster, again, much like the the Bears team, they are bereft of talent, and it's just this is what happens when you have a young quarterback. It sometimes it takes time, and especially a guy who is undersized. So um, it's not it's a young quarterback, quick. and he traded away the best wide receiver that might have helped <laughs> him be better. Not that right. Adam Thielen isn't very good. He is, yeah. but that's not the same thing as giving him DJ Moore. Um, not, so. not in the slightest. And another thing, too, like a quick distinction, we're talking about Fields. Like, me and you aren't saying Justin Fields is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. What we're trying to say is no. that he is a fantasy starting quarterback for uh, a, a, you know, 10, 12, 14 team leagues. That's what we're saying. He will get you points, but it's a whole other ball game. Like, if he's the quarterback, a franchise quarterback, quarterback of future is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the guy will put up points for your team. So just quick distinction there. Absolutely. We are, this is a fantasy football podcast. Right. We sometimes foray into real football because it's hard not to. Sure. You can't really separate them, but we are fantasy focused. That is the point of this podcast. And because of that, I just want to say, okay, after the Raiders fired Josh McDaniel, mm-hmm. which was well overdue, they have sure. looked frisky with Antonio Pierce. Okay, they lost, but it's the Chiefs where they came strong like they just they were better you've been getting better games out of Devonte adams you're doing better games out of josh jacobs then we saw the steelers okay pickett had a season high 275 passing yards no he didn't complete a touchdown that's a bit of a problem but the offense had over four it's like 420 yards of offense which is like the most they've had in like a thousand years yep i'm exaggerating but you know what i'm saying um so it looked better just like getting that monkey off their back what do you, first of all, I think we can expect a little bit more potentially from the Steelers, certainly from Pat Fryermuth, who went mm-hmm. absolutely off. And now we know that he's a safety blanket for Pickett, who feels a little bit more, you know, free. They can get the ball to his healthy tight end, 120 receiving yards for Fryermuth, and he is available on more than 50% uh, in more than 50% of leagues. We might see more from Pickens. We might see more from DeAndre Johnson. I don't know about that one. We're definitely going to see the run game. Warren and Najee are going to continue to be excellent. Good on you who had them. What do you think could change in Carolina? I mean, right now, I mean, I have uh, Adam Thielen on a team. He is the, I, I still think, the one thing I think in terms of fantasy, in terms of guys you be able to start is it seems like Mingo is getting more involved, uh, yes. at least was this past week. Um, I think that, you know, it's it's hard for a young quarterback to to latch on to another young player. Uh, I feel like whereas Thielen, you feel unless comfortable you're with him. CJ Stroud and Tank Dell, but anyway, 
And then, and that, and that's exactly why CJ Stroud is not in the rookie of the year category. He is in the MVP category because he's doing (laughs) something that we've never seen done before. So he is an anomaly. He is uh, a unicorn. He is doing something that we've, it's just shocking all of us, but Bryce Young wants to rely on somebody. So I do think Thielen had a stinker. Uh, I only put up a a, a shade over one point Uh, for my team this week. I think that Mingo is the one guy you could probably target there going forward that he may want to build a rapport with again yeah. the running game it may now seem like it's it's been flip-flopping so much but i mean maybe chuba hubbard uh it seems like miles sanders is almost getting phased out I, they they haven't made up their mind there but you get that jolt when you fire a coach you get that right. jolt like you just said before with the raiders like they hate him and josh mcdaniel like now antonio pierce former players in there they're playing better they're putting up a fight versus the top teams in the league like the chiefs so you expect to see that um Steelers, same exact thing like like, yes, the running game was kind of coming on even before Canada was fired. But the difference was you never saw Kenny Pickett throw the ball the way he did this last game. And, yeah, I understand they, you know, the Bengals team without Joe Burrow. It's like how much fight. But but Pickett throwing those like intermediate to deep passes, which he was never really doing. He wasn't just, you know, being a check down guy. That's something that's really encouraging. And I'm not. I'm not ready to say I'm out on Bryce Young. Like, I'm not ready to say I saw what he did in college. He was a five-star recruit, like number two player in the country coming out of California in high school for a reason. I think this guy is definitely talented. They just need to put a team around him. And I think people need to stop crushing the player for the team's fault, like failures. Like, not everyone is Patrick Mahomes who is like, yeah, we don't need a run game. We don't need a great offensive line. I'll figure it out. It's not how it works. So I, I do think... Uh, Mingo Thielen and it looks like Hubbard will probably be the guy the rest of the way. So I, it, but they need, they need a real revamp on offense. It's pretty bad, pretty bad right now. Well, interestingly, because this is a fantasy football podcast, they have an excellent matchup this week versus Tampa Bay, right? Yes. So we know that Mingo has been a full-time starter and I think you're right. I think he is someone that if you have, if there's six teams on by, you may have a lot of holes in your lineup. Mingo is someone you could take a chance on, as is DJ Chark, uh, if you're in a really deep league and you just need to take a chance on somebody because they could just be feeling frisky. They have an excellent matchup. We've seen multiple quarterbacks put up huge numbers versus this Tampa Bay secondary. So it's something to bear in mind. And then another matchup that's favorable is, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Arizona Cardinals. So Najee and Jalen Warren, you're starting both of them this week. Because first of all, they're playing. Second, they're playing the Cardinals. So you're starting both of them. But you can probably also start, you know, George Pickens. And you're definitely starting, you know, Pat Fryermuth if you have him this weekend. So if you're looking for deeper ads, those are players you could add. Even um, Devontae Parker, assuming Demario Douglas is still out with a head injury. He has a good matchup with the Chargers. So this week, because there are so many teams on by, we're really looking a lot at matchups, of course, as well about trends and who's playing more and all of that, but really about the matchups. And those three teams, which are kind of crummy teams, that crummy teams, I mean, the Pittsburgh is a winning team, but for fantasy, they haven't done a lot for you. Um, But they could, they have the opportunity to get you some fantasy points this week in a pinch yeah uh, and i'll just add you know good on Najee harris for you know not just crumbling and and throwing a fit and not being a part of this team because jalen warren kind of overtook him now if you took him in fantasy you're obviously um i i would say in the majority of leagues if not all leagues you're taking Najee harris before jalen warren and when you know this uh, in the preseason and 
what what I think about his game right now, maybe he's just better in a committee because you look at his stats, like his rookie year was fantastic, 1,200 yards rushing, and then even this next year he went over 1,000 yards. But the the one kind of red flag people had about him was his yards per carry. He was only he was averaging less than four yards per carry. This year he's raised that. He's a little over 4.2. The game he had um, last week when he had 99, 99 yards rushing, he averaged over six yards a carry, um, only on 15 carries. Maybe he is just better in that, like, that 12 to 15 carry range versus what he was like the 20 plus guy, because you're getting more bang for your buck now. So he's staying fresh. The committee sometimes does work. Like you're saying, Jen, start both of them. So he could have crumbled. He could have been useless for your team. if You you spent a high draft pick on him. And now it looks like that this is kind of what he needed when he's getting you almost a hundred yards on 15 carries. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. More news. Uh, The new Orleans States entire team is uh, gone. (laughs) I mean, okay, so we got Olave probably out with the concussion. We got Rashid Shahid with a, a nice little uh, quad injury. And um, it, it's just beat up in New Orleans. So that's another place where you might be able to dig around and, and find some players. Number one, my priority would be Juwan Johnson. He's a converted wide receiver. He saw the most targets after Chris Olave left the game on Sunday, and he's someone that you can plug into your tight end position. And you're going to be hurting a tight end this weekend because you won't have Cole Komet. You won't have Dalton Kincaid. You won't have TJ Hawkinson. This is a tough week. So Juwan Johnson should be up there on that list. Taysom Hill is probably already gone. Obviously, Taysom Hill, because he can be used in God knows what way, any way they want, rusher, whatever they need. So um, I also will expect Kamara to exceed any receiving props this weekend. But if you want to get really, really deep, you can pick up Perry um, and, and hope and that might be a DFS dart throw as well uh, as another wide receiver there. So so uh, that's the team we're looking for where there might be a next man up available. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit 
visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Why don't we quickly just rush through the waiver wire, some waiver wire pickups, sure. just because that seems to be the theme of this week uh, in that, well, six teams on by. This is just. Yeah, I'm getting slammed. I'm getting I'm getting real slammed with them this week. I, I want to ask you this because you're talking about the Saints, talking about waiver wires. This is the name I see, I've seen floated around. And I thought initially you think, yeah, tough matchup. But pe- a lot of people have been saying Derek Carr versus a weak secondary versus the Lions, even with all the injuries. Yeah, so I'm I'm not in the big Derek Carr camp, and I saw a lot of waiver lists, wireless have that, right? And that's fine. You may be in a situation where you have that is your best option, but for me, I'm actually looking more to Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. uh, versus the Titans. I just feel like that's a better matchup, and he does have more options. He has Michael Pittman. He has healthy Josh Downs now. A little bit more of a question mark now without Jonathan Taylor, but as you said, Zach Moss has been able to be pretty solid running that room by himself. So um, I prefer Minshew to Carr. Carr is okay. Long-term pickup, I prefer Matt Stafford because of his playoff schedule mm-hmm. that I don't want to start him this weekend versus the Browns. And if you're in a super deep league, you could even, the two people I would take a shot on, if you're in a deep league or super flex, are Jake Browning, who's actually not terrible, yeah, I don't you have game. to have somebody. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett. I know it doesn't feel good. I know it doesn't. I know he's been terrible. But as I mentioned, it's the Cardinals. It's their second week. He might be able, if he can throw for 275 yards again and a touchdown, you know. Right. I'm 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 with you on that. Like it, that's why I brought up the Derek Carr thing because even even though people like the you know oh bad struggling defense, not a great secondary, there's just something about when you're missing your weapons, your your weapons that are out wide. That to me is a little cost for concern. I'm with you completely on the on the Gardner Minshew. But whose bingo card had the the Gardner Minshew to to Josh Downs connection this year? I mean that's the one that's that's saving right. fantasy league. So I'm with you completely on those. Absolutely. So those are my quarterback pickups. Um, I'm going to kind of go in order of like semi-priority. Obviously, Zach Moss is the number one priority because of the issue with Jonathan Taylor. Jaden Reed is someone that should be highly prioritized. They're playing this week. Jordan Love has looked better since he's been involved in the offense. He's had a touchdown or four and 40 or more receiving yards in three consecutive games now. And he's kind of being used a little bit in rushing packages too. The last two games, he's had a couple of those. And Aaron Jones is sort of banged up. Mm-hmm. So all of this adds up to Jane Reed being a pickup. Isaiah Likely, as we suggested last week, good floor. He's going to get used. Pat Fryermuth, we already mentioned. Rashawn Johnson, last night, that was one encouraging thing from the game. If you were able to actually watch that game. The Onto Foreman was out. And early in the season, I was really into Rashawn Johnson. And then he got that concussion and... In the meantime, Don DeForman snuck back in and then kind of ran away with the job, pun intended. Then now, you know, Don DeForman's out and Khalil Herbert's back, but Rashawn Johnson led the backfield mm-hmm. last night. 
And he caught like five of his five targets for 40 yards. Just going to say, not only did they have double-digit carries, but also five receptions. That's what you love to see at a running back who are coming in. Like, that's how you kind of figure out who is the leader in the committee there. So, uh, very encouraging. So, very encouraging. He is available in like 70% of leagues. So, he's pretty high up on the list. Uh, Jordan Love, we didn't mention him because I don't think he's available in many leagues. But he is in some. So, he is someone, if you need a quarterback, you should pick up. Jonathan Mingo, we talked about, um, by the way, the Bucks have allowed 46.6 PPR points per game to opposing wideouts across the last four. That's just a stat. That's hmm. to opposing wideouts. Let's say that's divided between Thielen and Mingo. And let's just say it's not as high because it's Bryce Young and it's divided between Mingo and Thielen. I mean, that's a lot of points that could be on your waiver wire. So if you need to take a shot, I like Mingo, potentially Chark. Josh Downs, as you mentioned, still out there in a lot of leagues. We talked about Jawan Johnson, Joshua Palmer, if you have room to stash. Chargers need him back. Yeah, desperately, especially because Brandon Steele is getting upset when people ask him about Quentin Johnson. So, Yeah, that's rough as a TCU fan. Jalen Hyatt. So Jalen Hyatt, um, somebody I think we were all excited about as someone that might come on late in the season. Um, and he finally broke out this week, what 104 receiving yards, but I don't think it's dependable. I think it's again, very deep league shot. What are your feelings about Jalen Hyatt? Completely agree with you. I, I even as a giants fan um, who suffered through watching that game, I guess in, uh, I shouldn't say suffer, suffer if you want the tank, but uh, beating the Patriots always feels nice. But he has he's by far the most talented receiver they have and his speed on a couple of those plays where right, just making defenders look silly. But that's the thing. It's not dependable because Tommy DeVito's quarterback and we know the offensive line struggles. So really, if your name is not Saquon Barkley on that offense, I don't feel great about anyone. It seems like every week it's a new guy that kind of comes up. It's, a, you know, you get the Isaiah Hodgins touchdown, you get a big week from Darius Slayton. So, yes, I, I really do think Jalen Hyatt's the future, especially because of his deep ball ability. But week to week in a deep league, I mean, starting him, I would not feel great about. Yes, I'm with you there. Um, Keaton Mitchell. Now, you can't use him this week, but. He played almost the same amount of snaps as Gus Edwards. And if you, a simple eye test is going to tell you that guy looks really good. He's averaging yeah. like nine yards, per more than nine yards per attempt this yeah. season, which is ridiculous. Of course, he has much fewer attempts. I mean, it's not, you know, a real I number, but... The the comments that Todd Munkin made, their new offensive coordinator, saying that like he's now getting comfortable with all the packages. So basically what that tells us as uh, fantasy managers is that like... They knew this guy's talented. They could put him in certain scenarios on the field, but he couldn't be in every you know uh, certain situation because he wasn't sure of the blocking scheme with the passing route, whatever it was. So Munkin saying that they have more confidence in him now, I think just indicates that he's going to be in the field a lot more than the other running backs. Yeah, I'm excited about Mitchell, and he's available in like 65% of leagues. So if you have the room, go ahead and add him now because people may not be able to afford to pick him up this week and you might even be able to get a little bit better of a bargain on him or he might not be in people's waiver priority because they need someone for this week. So if you can do it, grab him because this is the kind of player that could be good for you in the mm -hmm. fantasy playoffs that kind of comes just off the waiver wire. There's a guy like that every year. Ezekiel Elliott, look, not exciting, but can probably get you a decent floor if you need someone for this week. The Chargers um, have allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs across the last four contests. And since the Patriots don't even know who their quarterback is, yeah. you're going to assume that they're going to continue to use that run game. And Ramondre Stevenson looked great last week, but they're, they're still going to use Zeke. And Zeke is always a threat 
to get that goal line carry. Yeah, I was shocked, you know, talking about that Giants-Patriots game and, and Stevenson did look great. I was actually shocked that Stevenson got that touchdown because he was definitely in like Zeke territory. Like he ran that in <laughs> close with it. You know, if you're inside the 10-yard line, you assume that Elliott's going to come in there and score. So um, like you mentioned, Chargers defense, the Chargers are going through it. Not a not a great team. So um, I think that, you know, they're going to, this is a week probably to play Zeke. I, I could smell a Zeke touchdown. Now here's a player that is available in 100% of leagues. Michael Carter. Yeah. This is a very interesting one, guys. Um, I know I'm putting some claims in for Michael Carter. Those of you who are in leagues with me, please don't out bib my fab. Um, he had a 37% snap share on Sunday, um, which was almost equal to James Connors, and he had a higher percentage of routes run, 39% of the routes. So he looks to definitely be ahead of DeMarcado. I don't think he's overtaking James Conner, but he's a really high upside handcuff, and there could be some standalone value. Uh, they're playing Pittsburgh this week, which hasn't been a good matchup of late, though it was at the beginning of the season. But Carter is someone that you might, if, you, if you're looking for what are you going to do in the absence of Jonathan Taylor, if you're in really deep league, then then Carter could be the guy. And of course, you can take an even further bigger guess on Leonard Fournette, but I don't think that's going to help you this week. Yeah, I think Michael Carter was a guy that just obviously, you know, being he was with the Jets and then having a guy like Brees Hall, who's, you know, an every down back, who's extraordinary, never really going to see the field as much. I do think him coming to Arizona and all of a sudden, you know, leapfrogging DeMarcado and then kind of getting neck and neck almost with James Conner is pretty shocking for how quickly this guy is on the team and already like producing this much. So I do think that Arizona is pretty happy to have him. I would not be shocked if we see, you know, weeks where he does out touch or out snap uh, James Conner on it, but uh, James Conner's the guy, but I think it's a big indicator that they trust him already. So that's, that's pretty interesting if you could pick him up. Yeah. And and like I said, he's available in like 99.5% of leagues. He's still so. talented and very young too. So that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it it's great. Yeah. I think it was a smart pickup by them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, we promised that we would talk about playoff uh, players to target. So I just want to briefly touch on those now. Running backs and wide receivers. Last week, we talked about quarterbacks and tight ends. Today, we're going to talk about running backs and wide receivers just briefly. So you can be thinking ahead because this is a week where, again, remember, six teams on by. One thing you want to do after this week is you want to look at that waiver wire, see who was dropped. Some people are going to have to drop, like there's one league where I may have to drop OBJ and I don't really want to, because mm. I actually think OBJ could be great down the stretch, but like, I'm trying to make those decisions because I have so many spots to fill this weekend. So you're going to want to check that. And if you don't have to make any moves yourself, you're going to want to be anticipatory for some of these players that I'm going to talk about right now, just thinking forward. Okay. So let's start with the running back position. Best schedule for running backs, among the best schedule for running backs, will be the Chargers running backs. So that's Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. So if you're looking to get your handcuff, Joshua Kelly maybe is someone, as you go through the weeks, if you have the space, you add him there. Now, my only thing about this is we saw Joshua Kelly like sub for Austin Eckler, and it wasn't that exciting, unfortunately. But again, deep leagues. Next best schedule seems to be Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier. Algier might get dropped this weekend. If he gets dropped, you need to pick him up. They've got Carolina, uh, Indianapolis, and Chicago for their last three weeks. Um, Now, Chicago does not give up a lot of points to runners, but they give up a lot of points to running backs who catch. So Bijan is really the guy that's going to go off. 
in week 17. Totally. But- to- yeah, totally with you there. Algier, I mean, his best week was week one. Um, and then it just seems like since then, like, <laughs> I wonder if the outside pressure actually got to Arthur Smith because he really only had two other weeks, I believe, with over double digit points. Um, they finally are listening. They're like, yeah, that's why we drafted Bijan. We're going to use him. So Algier, uh, I'm with you on that, unfortunately. And I do have him on a few teams. But he is a high upside handcuff, right? And this is the point where you don't want to leave those guys on the bench if it's coming down to it. So just bear that in mind about Algier. Um, Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles running backs get Seattle, the New York Giants, and Arizona. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Now, obviously, you can't get DeAndre Swift. But you know who you can get? Kenneth Gainwell. This This is the highest upside handcuff out there, in my opinion. And he should not be floating around on waiver wires if there's room. You you got to get Kenny Gainwell in there. I know he's game script dependent right now, but if anything happens to Swift, Gainwell could be your league winner here. Okay. So Gainwell needs to be on the radar. We already talked about Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Unfortunately, you probably can't grab any of those guys. Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt have Chicago, Houston, and the New York Jets. Um, so Hunt is someone you might want to add. Others, uh, Derek Henry and Tajay Spears have Houston, Seattle, and Houston. So Tajay Spears should not be on the waiver wire. If anything happens to Derek Henry, that's like premium handcuff you want to have. And Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson also have a really great great playoff schedule. Kansas City, not the best, the best, but Denver and then Buffalo, who hasn't been good versus the run lately either. So um, those are guys as you're moving forward and you're like, which guy should it be? They both seem kind of (laughs) crummy. Those are the way I would lean based on for playoff matchups. Jumping to wide receivers. Best playoff matchup, probably Dallas Cowboys. So C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, who's been coming on strong as of late. We're going to talk yep. more about that Thursday night football. And then if you really need to go deeper, Jalen Tolbert, not Michael Gallup. Tolbert seems to be the third guy. Yeah, with you on the Dallas. I mean, the offense is firing all cylinders. Uh, absolutely. They've got Buffalo, Miami, and then in the championship week, they've got Detroit. So, yum. Um, next up, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Can't get either of those guys, but maybe you can take a stab at Jawan Jennings if you're in a super deep league. They have Arizona, Baltimore, Washington for your championship week. Um, next up, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman. Can we just pause right now and talk about like that Zay Flowers rushing touchdown? Oh, I'm pl- I was playing him. I did not need that. Pr- oh man, I was. Oh, I was, I was on the other side of that. So I was playing. I had Keenan Allen and Zay Flowers. Going up against Lamar. Okay. And we were like, I think I was down by like six. And I won. Because save flowers and the rushing touchdown plus Keenan right. Allen went off too. I mean, it was just an incredible. And we beat the guy that was like in first place in the league. And now we're in second place. We have more points, but one fewer win. Anyway, big money league. Yeah, that... Um... I, you love that if you have Zay Flowers in your team, you love to see that him u- being used in a package like that. Um, and I, I think we've been pretty up and down. The Ravens have been pretty up and down offensively all season long. Todd Mongan's name's come up a lot. And like, you know, Odell's playing better. Uh, we talk about Keaton Mitchell, like becoming a bigger part of that offense. And the rushing attack has been really good with them. And now Zay Flowers, who is, you know, by far their, the, the receiver they trust the most. So they're finding ways to move on even without Mark Andrews. So you got to feel happy if you have any of those guys in your team. 
So yeah, OBJ is someone you should target because of this playoff schedule, which is Jacksonville, San Francisco, and Miami. San Francisco, actually not good versus the pass, by the way, guys. Um, and Rashad Bateman in a deeper league. He's been seeing more and more of a target share. Uh, Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson, Rondale Moore. None of those are super exciting. Uh, Hollywood Brown's already rostered, but they have a great playoff schedule for the same reason we like Kyler. Uh, San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, which seem like they should be tough matchups, San Francisco and Philadelphia, but they're not good uh, in the versus pass. And, and, and then, plus, and they'll be throwing the ball too because they'll be down. So, and Kyler exactly. looks like he's back. Kyler is back. So I, I love the Cardinals. Yeah, receivers. Kyler is back. Yeah. Unlike Justin Field, thank God I picked, I held on to Kyler Murray. Oh, <laughs> Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. They have Washington, New Orleans, and the New York Giants. Uh, Metcalf Lockett and Jackson Smith. How do you say his last name? In, in Jigba. Jigba. And yeah, Jackson's with or JSN as everyone has called as I call him for years since he's been on uh, Ohio State. Yeah, they've got uh, Philadelphia, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Darius Slayton, Wendell Robinson, Jalen Hyatt have New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles Rams, and then Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, and maybe Alec Pierce. I don't know. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Las Vegas. So just looking ahead, those are some wide receiver rooms to target. I know, obviously. Uh, the number one guys you're not going to be able to get. You should just be thinking about how you're going to smash when you start them. But they are often rooms that you can go look in if you need to make pickups on the waiver wire. Okay, Eddie, it's Thursday night football time. <laughs> Good game. I loved, I loved Thursday football last week. It was awesome. That that was um, it stinks, uh, unfortunately, that the first game, you know, and we're, you know, West yeah. Coast. So the best game in terms of like the shocking result was the first game when everyone's yeah. like still getting ready, not really partying yet. And then, you know, we had two stinkers uh, the rest of the day. But yes, as you being a Cowboys fan, I'm sure you are delighted with that from that perspective and from, you know, fantasy perspective If anyone has Dak or any of those guys. I mean, they are right now are just on beautiful. fire. Uh, and I and my prop, I believe I gave out the uh, both my props hit, which were the uh, Montgomery over and the Sam Howell passing attempts right. over. So um, I was a happy camper as well. It was excellent work by you. Uh, the McCaffrey props hit. Mm-hmm. Um, my Brandon Cooks prop hit. It was, um, an, I feel like, an easy day for a lot of over, over props on the favorite teams to hit. That's just, it was. Uh, it was, if you liked offense, it was a great day for you. And we were, we lost, we you know, we didn't get it right about the Lions. Uh, most people didn't. Uh, that was a surprise, but that's, that's why it's any given Thursday. Um, but more <laughs> They just can't win covered. on Thanksgiving. They just yeah. can't. It's just, I feel terrible for those fans. Like jacked up, I go to too. a game, finally have a good team. You you, you skip on your holiday to watch them and they just seem, they just can't win. They just can't figure it out on, on Thanksgiving. Did you see the story about how they uh, like burned the uh, Detroit Lions uh, logo into the turkey? No, I didn't. See, I didn't yeah, see. I thought you were going to bring up the moon thing. And so, therefore, they couldn't give the turkey leg to uh, Jordan Love and the Packers because they lied and said, like, Greg Olson, like, ate it. But in reality, they had already prepared it for, like, the Lions and didn't even make a backup. I don't know if this is wow, true. Wow, that is something else. I thought what I saw but, was the, the Lions don't win when the moon's in a certain phase. Oh, yeah. I saw um, so Poor they had everything working against them. The turkey, the moon, you know. Yeah. Poor Lions. Um, it, what about Dolly, though? Come on. I mean, it's say that was like the highlight of the day. Everyone was going crazy for that because the first halftime show is not so good. <laughs> I was like, what the set was like thirteen dollars, and Dolly Parton comes out. Whatever, she's like seventy-seven. Um, unbelievable. That was something else. It was amazing. Well, growing up in Dallas and Texas, like 
all that done too fast. That's like so my like thing and her like wearing the Cowboys outfit and the Cowboys cheerleaders. It was just like such a nostalgia for me, especially because they were winning and they used to win when I was young a lot. Um, but it was, it was fun. And of course you heard the news that Dak's going to be a dad. So now he's dad Prescott. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's going to be the dad of your fantasy team for the playoffs too, because he has cake matchups for the playoffs. So fingers crossed he stays healthy. I kind of think that what's happening with Dak, dad Prescott is all on Mike Trout when he got like dad power after mm-hmm. he had a kid. And I'm kind of thinking like, maybe it all is going to work. I'm starting to feel hopeful, probably just in time to have them all crushed. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I guess I can come out with it now that like I have a Dak uh, player prop. I have a parlay actually for TNF. I have bought into Dak. Um, we've said every week on the show, the last few weeks, especially the offenses look great. And he's a guy that's like skyrocketing up the MVP race, the MVP odds. People are sneakily kind of saying like, maybe it is Dak. If the offense is playing that way and look, they played the Eagles very, very tough. They could have won that game. They have another matchup versus the Eagles. I want to talk about that in a second. But they're smoking teams. And like, we have to stop being in this mindset in, in this year of like, if a team loses a game or wins a game for that matter, the season isn't over or, or like for either reason. It's not like, you know, everyone was out in the 49ers and then it's like, all right, they're fine. Like they lost a couple of games, teams lose because we've only seen one undefeated team win a Super Bowl this entire, like since the NFL has existed. So it's okay when teams lose. Um, and I think, you know, Dallas to their credit kind of like shook off those bad losses and they're fine. And I wonder if it's like the Jimmy Johnson curse, like now they're all actually allowing him back and they're, you know, inducting him into the that- Cowboys ring of honor. That's a huge thing. Yeah. And we got Jimmy going into the ring of honor, like a hundred percent. I think that Jerry Jones was like jinxing himself. I think a lot of us believe that I want to just pause for a second. We are going to finish talking about this Thursday game, but since you brought it up, what are your feelings about Jalen hurts being the leader for the MVP right now? I look hurts is is great, but I just feel like the Eagles team overall is great and their coaching staff has been good. And I think if you had, I, I think if Justin Herbert was their quarterback, their record either it would be like the same, give or take a game, maybe. I, I just think the team is overall great. So it's like I don't think he has to do that much. Whereas I think if Hertz was, you know, if he was the quarterback of the Cardinals, again, their record probably the same, give or take a game. So I'm not trying to take away from him. I, I just think that to me, the MVP is not like I hate the best court, the best, you know, the quarterback on the best team thing is not how I would vote for it. If it was up yeah. to me. I write my ballot would have three players and it would be Dak and it would be Chris McCaffrey and it would still be CJ Stroud. Um, I, it, it, the Texans were the worst team, one of the worst teams in the league last year. And they're now on the borderline of the playoffs because of one player. And McCaffrey, you could argue was one of the greatest trades in NFL history, made a good team. Great. And he's been, you know, his, obviously his touchdown streak. And then Dak, like we're talking about um, a lot of pressure on him as just being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and then, you know, like the pressure on them, they have to win. They have to have a success in the playoffs. And um, he's been phenomenal during this stretch. And this is a big stretch for him too. And if he finds a way to win some of these games that people are picking against them and they go into the playoffs with the one seed, um, you know, it would be hard to not pick him as MVP. So how do we, uh, so I agree with you. And, and I think like in general, I've had this, thought with baseball as well, that MVP is shouldn't just be like the best player on the best team, because in actuality, 
if it's the best team already, then they aren't the most valuable. Now, mm-hmm. you could argue for like the Yankees last year that Aaron Judge really was the MVP in that I don't think the Yankees would have done anything they could do without Aaron Judge. So in that case, that was great. Really good team, really good player. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of times that it's a team that's kind of an underdog and there is a player that steps up and brings them a long way. And is it because we are in the same division that we don't see Jalen Hurts as such a hero? Because I look and I look at this Eagles team and I'm like, they're just a really, they're a good team, mm-hmm. but they are the worst, best team I've ever seen. Does that make sense? Like they're not, they should not be 11 and one. They have had a lot of fortune. I think yeah. that they're a very good team. I don't think that they're better than the 49ers. A lot I of close calls. Wait to see this game. They've had a lot of close games. They are not using AJ Brown the way they should. Their defense kind of stinks. Like they still allowed 34 points to the Bills last weekend. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean they they um a, a lot of yeah a lot of close calls, but they've come out on top of those close games, which to They're me I think a really good team. It's a mark of a good team, but it's hard for me to like. And again, I I I do love Jalen Hurts even even as a Giants fan. Like the fact that he had his but you know his phone background was a picture of them losing the Super Bowl. Like he's motivated. Everyone always says he's the first guy and last guy out. I love to hear that. Obviously, his his career at Alabama like taught him a lot with him being benched and this like. I, I think he's they're lucky to have him as their franchise quarterback, but it's hard for me to say like he is the most valuable player in the NFL. When I look at their team where you have uh when healthy, a stud offensive line, you have Devontae Smith and AJ Brown on the outside. You have Dallas Goddard, one of the best tight ends in the league. Their D yeah, line is nuts. Like with, I mean, even like, like Jalen Carter is a freak. Like, I mean, the guy is so fast for his size and he's a dominant interior player, obviously Fletcher Cox. And then like, Jake Elliott, Jake Elliott, a 59 yard field goal in the pouring rain with terrible field conditions nails it. No problem. Like they are good at every position. They are deep. So yeah, I don't, I, I think because the team is good enough and obviously, you know, Sirianni got into the Super Bowl last year. I'm, it's hard for me to be like, well, he's the reason why that is good. If Josh Allen, who they play was on the team again, same sort of record. So um, for me, MVP means you have to bring an extra, you know, layer of value to your team, which they didn't have, which is why I think, like I said, Stroud, CMC, and I think Dak because of the pressure and because of how scary that offenses look consistently. I, I, those would be my guys. Yeah, I'm with you. So we agree on that MVP thing, like what MVP means and mm-hmm. what it should mean. But apparently it still generally goes to. Uh, or just break records. If you're going to like be like, what Tom, like or, what Tom or, Brady did. Or you guys had this question on minus three, like who should be defensive player of the year? Wasn't that the question defensive player of the year? Yeah. And we, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how do you not take like eight to one odds for Jerron Bland? The guy just. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just set an, an NFL record, an NFL record in week 11 with five pick sixes, okay? Five interceptions returned for a touchdown by week 11. So you can't even say, oh, but he did it in more games. No, he did it in fewer games than any record previously. He still has many games to to do more, to do more. So, you know, I think we should consider, I understand, you know, Michael Parsons has better odds than he, and Michael Parsons has been amazing. Maybe he mm-hmm. is the defensive player of the year, but I just think we should sort of think outside the box. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, the, 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 the awards get stale. And especially when you see a guy like Bland who has more touchdowns than some quarterbacks do. He has um, more touchdowns <laughs> than the entire Kansas City Chiefs receiving room before yeah. this weekend. Yeah. So, that was crazy. 
Yeah, I think I think so, anomalies um, like that deserve credit because of it, it's it's not only hard to get that many interceptions to return all of them for touchdowns. To return them for touchdowns. That's I don't I don't think we're appreciating that enough. I don't think we are either. By the way, I had someone ask me, do I think the Rasheed Rice breakout is real? And my answer is yes, but you just still need to bear in mind that the Chiefs are the Chiefs and he's not Tyreek Hill. It's not going to be like he's the new Tyreek Hill. I think he's the number one wide receiver. I don't think he's the number one receiver. That's still Travis Kelsey. But I do think you can probably start him as a wide receiver three and certainly this weekend because you're going to be down players. So yeah. yeah, that is I, that's exactly why I put that on the rundown too, because I was yeah. like, everyone's going crazy about that. And, uh, and he had a great game and it's like part of exactly what you just said. I was like, well, he's not going to be Mahomes guy over Kelsey. And I don't think any guy will ever recreate at the receiver position of what Tyreek Hill did. But in theory, is he the number one? Sure. And like, yeah, will he be the, he probably is. the most consistent guy? Sure. But I like, there's a ceiling to that. So that's yeah, well said. Exactly. Um, okay, so back to the Thursday night football game. Yes, Cowboys, right. Seahawks. This line has actually moved a lot. It's gone from like seven to nine and a half to like eight. I'm kind of staying away from it. Um, it. There's too much variance there. And do I think the Cowboys are the better team? Yes, but I also think this could be you know decided by fewer than three points. Like you just you never know. I'm staying away from that. I'm staying away from the total, though it is the second highest total of the week. Mm-hmm. So there should be points to your fantasy team. Yeah, that total raised three and a half points too overnight. Um, like you said, to the spread move and the total moves, they're expecting offense um, in this game. A lot of movement, which is uh, shocking. It is shocking. I'm wondering where this offense is going to come from. I mean, look, I'm, I'm pro Cowboys. So- I think it's one-sided. That's my th- I mean, they think it's going to be that much of a blowout. I don't know. It's getting a little optimistic. I've got a couple props here. Okay. Um, I love your single game parlay because there's no value on just taking Dak for over one and a half passing touchdowns anymore. Early no, in the season, no, there was. it was like now a minus two something. No, so you got to pair that. I just go over over like his uh, his yards total. I believe was like going the two seventies. It's uh, two seventy nine and a half. So you're getting plus one thirty six. Again, like I'm on the Dak train. Um, you just heard the spiel. Like again, Giants fan for the Cowboys. I think that their offense looks great. I have no reason not to believe the offense. A lot of injuries on the on the Seahawks side. Defense has been uh, shakier uh, than it was earlier in the year. So um, look, when a team is hot, ride the hot team. Simple as that. Yeah. And it's not like it's a super plus matchup with the Seahawks. They're about middle of the pack. It's just that you're more riding the hot hand with this offense. So I've got a couple. And one of them is Geno Smith under 21 and a half passing completions. So he's actually gone over this more than he's gone under, but he could still be dealing with an elbow injury. And I just think the Cowboys are going to be controlling this clock. Because I think Deron Bland's going to be looking for his sixth pick six. Uh, Micah Parsons is going to be applying all the pressure. I, I expect Geno Smith to throw at least one interception. In fact, that's heavily juiced, minus 145. So, so does Las Vegas, so does Caesars. Hmm. And only the Browns have allowed fewer passing completions this season than the Cowboys. Cowboys have only allowed 195. That's an average of 18 per game. So even though the Seahawks should be in a negative game script, I just, I don't think he gets, I think he might have a lot of attempts. Right. But I don't converting. think he gets. I'm, I like that. Yep. I, I like that. That's, that's totally right. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I don't see a really clean game coming from Gino either. I could definitely see a, a you know, interception and just Dallas, just dominating them. And Dallas I feel like they're going to always have the lead. They're going to be at home. Crowd's going to be into it. I, I always, I'm just going to see this game with them. Like 
up 10 no matter what. And they're going to just, you, they could run the ball with, with ease, throw the ball with ease like they have Wonderful. been. And I just now, don't see, see the uh, the Seahawks being really on the same page in this game. I think it's a really bad matchup for them. I, I don't know why. I just feel like this is going to be a blowout. Well, I hope it is. Uh, Tony Pollard should be in a really good spot here because the Seahawks run defense has been abominable. Uh, uh, half mm-hmm. of the touchdowns they've allowed to, to running backs have come in the last six weeks. But unfortunately, you're only getting minus 175 for a Pollard touchdown. So no thanks. No, no way. And his rushing guys are set at 61 and a half and like, he actually hasn't done that very often. So even though this is a good matchup for that, I'm just kind of staying away. Even though that's the thing I feel like I want to target, staying away from it. I do still like Brandon Cooks. I like these two props for Brandon Cooks. Over 40 and a half receiving and longest reception over 19 and a half. What? Longest reception over? Of course. He's done that in like four of the last five. We've seen him come on strong lately. CD Lamb can't get all the yards. Um, I think part of what's made Dak better is cooks being more active in this offense. So I like the over for cooks and I like Jake Ferguson to go over 34 and a half. I mean, it's probably right about where he'll end up, but Seahawks have been the the position they've been weakest versus besides the running back is the tight end. And Ferguson's got about a 12% target share over the past three. He's going over the path, this prop in three of the last five. I just feel like Fergie might get in here. So I feel like Dak's going to spread the ball around, which is also why you know, CeeDee Lamb's prop is really high, 85 and a half. And I do think he'll get a lot of catches, but, you know, CeeDee Lamb, a lot of times it's just, you know, it's more of the volume of catches than like a lot of deep catches. So as far as yards, I, I tend to stay away. I might target more of the catch prop. Could Look, he go over 100? Of course. The the spreading the ball around is all I think that's why this offense has been so good. Obviously, Tony Pollard scoring lately, playing well. Um, wow. that helps everyone. When you you can go three, four receivers deep and you have the tight end Ferguson. I mean, I even saw like uh you know, we we didn't bring him up, but like uh for deep, deep like waiver ads like Rico, uh Rico Dow. Uh, yeah. And it's just like that to me shows that in terms of player props and Dallas playing well in this game is like yeah, they could roll at anyone. They're gonna they're gonna oh, be yeah. really good versus Seattle. So, like I said, I'm very bullish on the Cowboys in this game. I'm very bullish on the offense. If you want to take the team over points, I'm fine with that. I love all your props. Um, it, it it look. I'm not gonna get off this train until I see the offense be stopped. Until the offense looks crummy again, then I go, huh? Maybe that was like a fluke. Right now, it's been way too good for me to to question it. And I think uh, I'm riding the train. So Dowdle is a great uh, DFS play too. I've had him in my DFS articles a couple weeks now because what happens or what we think could happen is, first of all, as we mentioned, a very plus matchup for the runners versus Seattle. Second, if the Cowboys get that big lead in the fourth quarter, they're not going to keep running Tony Pollard out there. They're going to pull Dak. They're going to pull seat. They've already done this a couple times this year. Dowdle comes in in those situations. He's had some rushing touchdowns. He's had a receiving touchdown. Like, Dowdle has been involved. So if you're talking about a dart throw, especially for like a GPP tournament play, Dowdle's a really fun one. And uh, I do agree that I have him on my list as like deep league pickup for a fantasy handcuff too for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. This has been a packed episode as usual. We have to grab some listener questions. Let's do it. Thank you guys for writing us with your questions. Let's get to them now. Eddie, what have we got? All right. Well, thanks again. Like Jen said, keep tweeting at us. Uh, We'll answer them. Uh, First question here from Bill Wakefield. It's a trade proposition um, and it's Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk, Tua and Chuba Hubbard for Alvin Kamara, 
Kyler Murray and Nico Collins, and this is a standard non-PPR. So this is really tricky because it's standard non-PPR. If it were PPR, I would not trade away Kamara, especially with what we mentioned. With the Saints being down, I think he could be the number one receiver this week. Mm -hmm. So even with that, it's kind of tricky. Now, Kamara has not been efficient. Uh, running. Well, and we don't know really how Chuba is going to be used. Like it looks like he's the guy now, but everything's about to change. So maybe it's possible that it's Sanders again. We we don't really know. I think, um, I think I would take the side that has Kyler Murray um, because I would want him for my fantasy playoffs more than I want to for my fantasy playoffs. Kyler Murray's been much better on a per-game basis. So I think I would not do this trade. I think I would keep Kamara, Murray, and Collins. And I absolutely love Collins with CJ Stratt. I don't think I would do it. I would definitely not do it if it was PPR. The debate, it is a lot more even, if you will, with it being a standard league. But um, I would keep the Kamara and Murray side. What would you do, Eddie? Yeah, so if I didn't make it clear, it seems like Bill is the one with Kyler, Nico, and Alvin Kamar. He'd be getting to a Christian Kirk and Shuba Hubbard. And really what it comes down to, again, like a fair three-for-three three deal. But I think it's like if this trade was done maybe a couple weeks ago and then the Panthers didn't fire their coach and we kind of had more of a, a clearer picture, then I would be like, oh, it's definitely intriguing. But now with the, the firing of, of Reich, we don't know what that's going to change in the backfield. And that's the one thing you don't want to get burned for a, a three versus two trade and lose out on that. So um, I, I think Bill, if you stand pat and just trust in Kyler and plus like not take away from Tua, but Kyler's look fantastic. So you may get a couple of weeks of him uh, being, being really good. Next question from Kelly Hosey here, a two parter uh, first part. She has to pick two in a standard league. Um, Achain, Charbonnet, James Connor, and new Hopkins. out of those four, which two would you take? A-Chan and Connor because it's standard and I think they're the most likely to get the touchdown runs. And uh, we're just talking about Kyler Murray. So part two of this, uh, Sam Howell or Kyler Murray. It's a lot harder than it sounds because um, that Miami Commanders game is the highest total of the week, 50 and a half. Um, and Kyler has the rushing of sign and soda, Sam Howell. It's hard for me to say to his sit Kyler for Sam Howell because Kyler is such a superior real quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe you go Howell here. Mm. I mean, they both like, I mean, we talked about the player props from last week, like Sam Howell threw the ball like almost 50 times last week versus That's the Cowboys. The um, but Kyler did it. Kyler, the rush, he scored on a, on a rushing uh, attempt, but only ran the ball once. It was just that touchdown Did he did have 45 passing attempts though. Completed 27 of them, um, had a touchdown pass as well. I still think like he's, he's getting there. I, I don't, I think either way, you're going to get a ton of attempts from both guys. I think so. But the Pittsburgh matchup is just not as good as mm-hmm. the Miami matchup. Um, right. it's a really tough one, Kelly. You know what? Um, ask me again in a couple of days. Right now I'm saying Howell, but my my brain may end up saying I just can't do it. It just it turns my stomach too much to start Sam Howell over Kyler Murray. That might happen. But I'm debating uh, Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson in one league mm. this week, which I think is actually 
a really good question for anybody out there. And right now I'm leaning Russ um, versus the Texans. Yeah. I mean, the, the Steelers, yeah, it is a, a tougher matchup. Tough. Um, and to round out our question segment here with a question from Michael Jed, is it time to drop Cooper Cup? I mean, I don't think you're going to no, drop No, the answer is no. You can never drop Cooper Cup. Um, especially this week with six teams on by. I don't know who you would start over right. Cooper Cup. And for the fantasy playoffs, Cooper Cup has one of the best schedules. Uh, he's actually, you know, running the same amount of routes as Puka, a few fewer targets, but everything's going to be fine with Cooper Cup and and you, you can't drop him. If you don't feel like starting him, I understand, but if you drop him, your opponent's going to get him. You, that's what you really don't want. Totally. I mean, I know they have a tough matchup this weekend versus the Cleveland Browns. Right. This weekend's not good. Cleveland I, is tough. I, you got to think that Kyron Williams, the, the emergence of him there is going to make the defense be more honest and, and more prone to stopping the run because he had a fantastic game last week. You're so, not stacking boxes versus uh, Kyron Williams. That's why he's doing so well in yeah, fantasy. Yeah. He's not facing stacked boxes. Yep. And I, I think Poorly, if he, he's they're going to figure that out. Exactly. And I think when they start to, to stop Kyron Williams, that means Cooper Cup has his heyday. So um, definitely do not do not drop him. But appreciate the question there, Michael. So and again, and again, thank you all those who, who you know, Bill, Kelly, Michael, keep tweeting us extra points pod um, or at me myself or Jen. We will answer them every show at the back end of it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, so this is it. <laughs> Certain decisions become so tough at this time of year. Are you are you on track to be in the fantasy playoffs? Oh yeah, leagues? oh yeah. Okay. I'm doing very 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 well. One league, especially at first place, do nine and a, three. I'm do I'm you feeling have good. A guaranteed spot already. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be in no matter what. Um, but this week is going to be tough with the. I want to keep the one seed, but a lot of a lot of buys are hitting me, and I, like I'm sure many players are getting hit with the part two of Bymageddon here. But I, I should be able to withstand. But, um, you know, I'm glad that finally great, great season uh, here. And, uh, you know, I take my own advice to give out on the show. So I'm honest. I have to tell you that I am actually in a little bit of a stage of panic because um, I have Jonathan Taylor on most of my teams. Most. I mean, the the only and... bright spot is that it's not a, it's not, if it's not an IR trip, if it, it, it seems like if, if it was going to be a month, he would have been on put on there. But yeah. if it's a two weeker. Hopefully you might be okay. Yeah. And, you know, in my one league where I'm 11 and one, I don't have Jonathan Taylor in that league. So uh, it's probably okay. But um, we're with, I'm just here to say, guys, like we're with you. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is tough. We're going to help you make the best decisions you can. And we're going to get you there. We're going to get you to the playoff berth. And hopefully we're going to get you that championship ring as well. So don't forget to listen to Waiver Wired every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube. We tweet our picks for every single NFL game on Sundays. I went eight and eight this week. Eddie, you did a little better than I did, I think. Did you do uh, I went nine and seven, yeah. uh, but yeah. ov- overall, you're a game ahead of me. You're 84, 79 and six. I'm 83, 80 and six. We're in the over, wind over, over 500. That's all we want. We're over 500. Mm-hmm. Um, picking every game. So let's let's keep it rolling this week. So you guys check that out. And of course, check out all our other podcasts, Lemon Pepper Parlay. Uh, we've got uh, minus three. We've got extra points. It's it's a lot of fun over at the network. So be sure you follow all of our feeds. And don't worry, guys. We'll be back next week to help you with more waiver claims and to claim that playoff work. Have a great weekend. Thank you.